Now, from me being a selfish, spoiled fan, I don't mind that there aren't fans there. I just want to watch. Right. It really doesn't bother me what I'm watching. I just, I just uh, really wonder how much it affects the fights, because you know that some fighters yeah. th- fight better having a crowd. Some don't fight as good having a crowd. I just want, I yeah, well, it, not that we're ever going to know now, but it still, yeah, it makes me curious. Yeah, no, I agree. I, it, I'm curious about it as well. I think in some of the fights we've seen, it clearly had some sort of an impact on some of the fighters. And then I think a guy like Gaethje, it helped, to be honest, because he's one of those guys that when he gets crazy, he gets crazy. And his coach even had to tell him like, hey, man, let's take a little bit off of your punches. You're getting a little too crazy. You're getting a little too wild. Right. A lot of that comes from the fan energy, right? You connect. You feel it. You know, you rocked that guy. The fans feel it. You know, you go balls to the wall. You know, when you are doing it in front of no fans, there's not that fan reaction. Right. You got the three guys calling the fight and that's it. Hey, CEP listeners, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the show. In this episode, Patrick and I chat about the George Floyd protests. Patrick gives his thoughts on who he would put on a festival lineup to benefit the situations going on right now. And we break down some of the fights on this Saturday's UFC 250 card. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, don't hesitate to reach out on the social medias. You can reach us on the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any topics you would like to hear us cover about music, sports, or pop culture, email us at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am Colt Brocato. My co-host, Patrick Blair, Zevia. Skype land. That's pretty much it. Zevia, right? lemon lime twist. No, no, huh? no, no Tito's in this one though, right? No, 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 no. It's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> What's that got to do with anything? You tell you telling me you don't ever drink on a Wednesday? No, not not usually. I needed something refreshing though because it's officially summer in the Midwest. It's hot. It's humid. It's sticky got parts of me sticking to other parts of me it's un- it's uncomfortable it's an uncomfortable day we don't need to dive into tell that you why though we don't need to dive into that at I'm all so now nah, you'll be fine it's a good picture for you so i had to guess where i went today foolishly the dmv oh that was a Ooh. terrible idea you gotta what'd you Awful have to idea. do i had to get my my license plates uh renewed you know you can do that they online were, right um my car is a lease so i cannot well that's dumb I agree. I thought so as well. I certainly didn't <laughs> want to go to the DMV during a pandemic and protests and riots and 90 degree heat with humidity. Was it packed? Um, but I did. They, so they're only doing it by appointment. So they basically say, pick a time. So, I mean, my, my plates are past due. So, I mean, I've been, I think they gave an extension because of COVID right. on your plates, but I don't even know how long it is. But so I booked this appointment. What's today? The third of June, three weeks ago. That's how busy they backed up. They were dang. But you have to make an appointment and then you get an email that says, walk up five minutes before your appointment's supposed to be and someone will let you in. So 
I drive by, there's a line of like 15 people. I'm like, oh, this, this is not going to go well. This is, this is going to be my day. My day is going to be, and of course they're making you wait outside. The door's locked. They don't want too many people inside. Right. So I don't know what it was, but every old person that walked up to the line had to go to me first and say, excuse me, sir, do you have an appointment? Yes, I do. It's two 30. I, every sound like three, two, one, excuse me, sir. Do you have, <laughs> yes, get behind me. <laughs> I can read the sign that says no walk-ups, man. Get behind me. Ah, <laughs> oh, but, um, it took, it took like an hour and a half, which was, eh, I guess that could have been worse, Dang. but I, you know, I had to wait outside. It's hot and humid. We're in the Midwest. It's not a good time to be sitting outside unless you're sipping a, a cold beverage and I didn't have one. So, so is that the first place that you've really been that you had to take some time since this whole thing happened? Other than the grocery store? Yeah. Wow. Have you gotten a haircut at all? No. Oh, man. No. Oh, man. I looked like... So I washed my hair for the first time today, probably in a while. Um, and uh, when I got out of the shower... My wife goes, you look like a combination between Ace Ventura and Marv from Home Alone when he gets shocked or like electrocuted. Wow. I was like, that's a good, that's a good comparison. Yeah, I do. It's a combination of the two. Yeah, my hair is nuts right now. I need a haircut. Well, the guy. You just need to grow it out like the old days. Yeah. She did say to me, she goes, you know, it's been over three months since you got your, and I normally go every week and a half to get my haircut. Really? A week and a half? Week and a half, two weeks, yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah. I gotta keep that fade tight on the sides, you know. Um, but I, I I probably won't do it anymore because she might have might have convinced me. She goes, you know, it's been three and a half months since you got your haircut. You always talk about growing it, not growing it out to the length that I used to have once upon a time in my life, but growing it. She's like, Why don't you just let it go just do it? And I go, you know what? I think you've I think you've got me. I've had a hat on. I mean, if I don't have to There'll be like a few hours of the day where I do not have a hat on, but I pretty much have been wearing hats ever since. Yeah, three and a half months. The guy that normally cuts my hair, he uh, he couldn't take anyone until the start of June, and then he moved places again on me. I'm like, I really don't want to keep going to new places. Like, I like a routine when it comes to this stuff. Right. But um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what I do. I have a routine. I have a routine as far as like where I go, but not really who I go see because normally my haircuts are like on a whim. So I'm, I just do like first available. I don't go to like a barber shop where this guy is the guy that runs it and he does my hair cause he does such a good job. But it, but I did get a haircut a couple of weeks ago and it was weird because you have to wear a mask when you go in and then no. like while they're cutting your hair, if they have, if you, if it, your mask has to be moved for them to cut something, you are the one that has to take it off and no. put it back on. And it was, it was, weird. I refuse. It was, weird. I refuse. Why? That's stupid. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Sorry, everyone. If you, that upsets you, I'm not doing it. We did. Well, we did go to the, the hospital today. We had a, a, a checkup. We had an ultrasound. And, um, so we're, we're at the point now of the pregnancy where you have to go once a week. Nice. So, my wife says, grab a mask, right? So we, we, we went last week too. So I wore a mask in and the whole time, again, I was complaining. I was uncomfortable. I just, I, it, it just bugs me. 
there I'm a little bit, you know, okay, I get it. I'm at a hospital. There are pregnant mothers around me. There are people around me who don't need to be getting sick. Okay, I'll put on a mask. Fine. So we get done with the ultrasound, and then we have a checkup with our actual doctor who's going to be delivering us. And I walk in, and the waiting room's got four people without masks on. And I'm like, do I, am I the person? I'm not the person, but do I need to be the person now that goes, excuse me, if I got to wear one, you got to fucking right. wear one. Where is it? <laughs> but I wasn't. I was just like, God damn it. And then um, other than that, so, I mean, those are really the only places I've been. So grocery store, hospital, DMV. And then last night we went to my wife's grandparents' house to celebrate. Her grandparents had birthdays two days apart, so to celebrate their birthdays. But we were outside, you know. Um, that's really it. I can't. Uh, I think we're probably going to do a dinner sooner than later because places are starting to open up around us. Right. Um, I mean, there's a couple of really cool places with good patios, so we'll probably, you know, probably do that. I don't know. I- I'm not in a hurry, man. I, I don't want to wear a mask though. Like I just went to the grocery store before this. I'm, I didn't put on, you know, I'm still that guy that gets the looks in the grocery store for not having a mask on. It's weird for me. Like I, I still, and I know I should be by now, but it's still, uh, it's kind of still weir- weird and odd for me to walk into a place and see masks everywhere on people. I actually had a doctor's appointment myself yesterday. And as soon as I walked into the hospital, it, as soon as I walk in the door, this woman had a, thermometer up to my forehead yeah like the second that i walked in the door and i was not expecting it i don't know why i wasn't expecting it i just wasn't and she just stuck it up to my forehead and she goes so where are you going i was like uh this is the doctor's office that i'm going to she's like okay i'm just checking your temperature and then starts asking me all these questions about have you been around anybody with covid or have you do you have a fever do you you know this that and the other and i'm like no can i just go to my doctor's appointment please just have put- you been to china <laughs> yeah <laughs> indonesia how about italy um, yeah, no, they have to do that. I don't, that, again, that, that doesn't even bother me as much as wearing the mask everywhere. I, you know what, man, it's so far gone at this point. Who cares at this point? You know, um, my wife has given up as far as trying to educate people on what it is, what it's for and what it's not for. And I don't blame her. I think we all should. I think we'd all, we should all just say, fuck it. Like the people in the Ozarks, right? <laughs> you, you you think it's that time you it's think that time to say fuck it we yeah. have finally reached the point of it's over with that's the funny thing too i don't know if instagram could you you're not on facebook so i don't know if you see if they post anything on instagram or anything one of the but, best things about me <laughs> but i don't know there's just a lot of posts that people are saying stuff like well, what happened to COVID? Nobody's saying anything about COVID because all the protests are going on and stuff like that too. And then like posts about, uh, what about, what happened to the murder hornets? Did we just skip over the murder hornets? Thought, I thought that was going to be a thing. <laughs> Apparently no. bigger things have happened now. They, they never, they never were. They never will. <laughs> I am more worried about a race war being started by the media and our, our government, not those stupid hornets. <laughs> Did you uh, did you participate in Blackout Tuesday yesterday? I didn't. I I mean okay. I I seen a lot of it, and at first I didn't know what it was because not everybody was hashtagging it, and I thought my Facebook wasn't up wasn't loading pictures right or something. They got gotcha. you. They did get me, but then after a while gotcha. I started seeing the uh, the hashtags and stuff, and I mean I support it. Uh, I just I I didn't. I didn't really participate in it. I don't, I mean, me, 
I, I, I feel like I can put support something, but I don't necessarily have to, to do that to support it. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah. If, yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's your prerogative. It's whatever you want to do. No one should tell you, no one should make you feel bad for it. I, I, well, the reason I ask is because I've seen a lot of negative criticism today about it, especially from celebrities, which I think is funny, but uh, really you know, talk, saying, talk about that. I, I haven't seen that. Uh, well, I've, I've seen a few just kind of say like you, you, it wasn't, it wasn't a real cause. You kind of got behind something that didn't sort of hold any weight. Um, this and that, you know, and I get that, like, you're really sticking it to the man. Like Instagram looked like it didn't work for the whole day. Like we get it, but I get what they're saying, but I, I mean, at the end of the day, it got people talking, Yeah, you know, it got you talking about it. So that was the point, right? You know? I don't it, it's I don't think it was trying to be as powerful as going taking to the streets right and protesting and but I think it it got people talking and I think that's the point that's the whole point of a lot of these things so um I did I put it up in my 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 Instagram story you know a, the blackout and the reason I did is because I had friends of mine who are black do it so because of that, I go, well, you know what? I'm taking the, I'm making this a personal thing and not just a sort of widespread, you know, global thing that they're, they're, they were, I'm, I'm trying to get behind the cause when I'm doing it at a personal level. So I want my friends to think that I'm behind them personally. I got you. Right. Yeah. So they did it. So once they did it, I didn't want them to sort of feel like, well, I'm not behind them. So I did it to be behind my own friends. I know that wasn't the purpose of it, but that's why I did it. I get it. And I thought, you know, that's important to me. It's important for my, all my friends and family to know that I'm behind them about it. anything, right? Well, not, well, not everything, but um, <laughs> it's important for, it's important for them to know that I give, I'm behind them on things that we agree on. And, and, you know, when it comes to something like this, they, they need uh, my support. So yeah, that's why I did it. But I, you know, some of the, it was funny to see some of the negative criticism. I did see uh Stipe got into it with someone who was trolling his Twitter because he put it up and the person, the comment said, this is kind of funny coming up from a guy who has an all white fan base. Right now that, that comment alone is retarded. Yeah. It makes the, but, 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 but he responded, Stipe responded, which I thought, eh, bad move. But what he said was, he goes, uh, he said, I don't care about my fan base right now. I care about the world that I'm going to have to raise my daughter in. Fair point. Valid point. Right. Right. But then the, the reason that that guy's comment is so dumb. Well, then if he does have an all white fan base, he's dropping knowledge on them. Right. right? Yeah. He's getting them to talk about something that right. they need to be talking about. So it probably would be better if he actually does have an all white fan base. You moron. <laughs> Dude, it's unbelievable. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I wonder how many times that guy has trolled Stipe. You know. It has to be more than once. It was so funny to me. Like, hey, asshole, I hope he has an all white fan base and I hope every single one of them saw his post. Right. You know, like it, it is bizarre. We're, it, we're living in it. I mean, St. Louis has been one of the crazier cities thus far for protests of all the things that are going on. How many can consp- let me let me ask this. Have you heard any conspiracy theories around this? Do you believe in any? Have you even heard any? I don't think so. So, like, there was something that I heard that I feel 
if you think about it, makes sense. And that is Trump or the Republican Party would want these protests to continue and the chaos to continue. So then Trump can initiate martial law and then push off the election. So basically push the election out so he has more time in office. Because if, if, he, if he initiates martial law, he can say fuck it and do whatever he wants. Yeah. So in in times like this, he there there is a legitimate reason for him to advocate for martial law. Um, now I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't know that it's going to happen. I don't know all of the logistics around martial law. I'm just saying that he wants another four years in office. So right. what better way than use this? Not only the global pandemic, which he wasn't gaining much favor because of the way he was. Uh, um, he what he wasn't gaining popularity because of the way he was handling it. Oh, by the way, guess what? Don't worry about COVID anymore. We got a much larger scale uh, scaled situation to worry about now. I'm going to use this to my advantage to extend my time in office. And then the Democrats at the, at the same token are probably going, yeah, we hope it continues as well because the longer it continues, the worse he looks, and the sooner we can get that fucker out of office. Right? It's I don't know. It yeah, seems like I, every time I I. I, I... But that's in that case, it's not really a conspiracy, though, right? Like that's more about this is just pushing harder for these protests and stuff, kind of for something that's happened. It's not like somebody lost their life for this. Then it would be more well, of a conspiracy, right? Well, the whole conspiracy around it is that Republicans are paying off cops to kill people to get to get the reaction from the people that would cause what's going on right now. That's the that's the conspiracy. So a cop, so the same, the so same, a, the same thing around. So a uh, cop is getting paid off to kill somebody, yet he's going to face murder charges. Yeah, doesn't mean his family's not taken care of. What if they have kids? You need to watch that's, more movies. Bro. That that seems like <laughs> a pretty bad trade off to me. Um. Well, look that that Derek Chauvin's going to get fifteen to twenty years. I'm just going to make a prediction 15 to 20 years. Um, I'm not saying he was, but that's the conspiracy. I'm not making this up. I'm not making the conspiracy <laughs> up. I'm not saying I, believe I get it. it. I'm just telling you what people are saying. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, that conspiracy was that conspiracy, that conspiracy was thrown around during the Michael Brown situation in Ferguson. Uh, that, that cop was paid off to do what he did to create this sort of situation in a really vital time in our country, which was an, uh, we were approaching an election and things like that. So it kind of got the focus off of the negative things that were being said about the Democratic Party and about Barack Obama, and it shifted to this new thing. Not it. That was a conspiracy that was made up by someone. It was said, and it was going around. We don't know that. Right. What was that cop's name? Darren Wilson? Was that the guy's name? I think that's right. I think so. But, um, you know, people didn't believe that that guy was even a cop. I thought that was a whole cover up, but either way, we don't have to go down the. Well, speak, speaking of, speaking of that, you did did you see that the uh, Ferguson has the first female mayor, and she is also African American. Yeah. What's your she thoughts? What's your, what's your thoughts on that? I think, I think it's a testament to what voting can do, and I think it's why we should we should really be encouraging everyone, everyone um, who's of legal age to vote of. Any, any, any race, any sex, any, any religion, whoever you are, go vote. 
Pay attention to what's happening in your community. Find out who the people are that are actually supporting the causes that benefit you, that you can stand behind and vote for them. Um, I think it's great. Uh, now I don't know anything about the lady. I don't know. Right. I don't know her politics. I don't know what her 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 history is. But the idea that she was elected and put into office there is great. Um, I have no predictions as to what's going to happen. Right. I have no. I have no skin in the game as far as that goes. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's, I think it's great because again, it's a testament to what voting does and what it can do in your community. Forget about the presidential election. You should be voting for who is making decisions in your community, period. Um, so that, I think that's awesome. And it couldn't have come at a better time too, because of all the chaos that happened the night before in St. Louis with the four, the retired police chief getting murdered. Was he a sergeant, chief or sergeant? I thought it was chief. I thought he was chief. Yeah, he got murdered. Four cops get shot, and and dude, I mean, have you seen some of these videos going around of the way that cops are behaving? Now I know this is one sided, yeah, and there's a context to everything, and I know that one side is 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 showing those videos, and they're not showing as many videos of cops being great. I get that. I want to see more cops uh, videos of cops being great, and I, I still want more videos of cops standing together as a group and saying we're throwing those fucking guys under the bus all of them all four of them we're throwing them under the bus um but nonetheless I, you know some of the videos going around of these cops just being i don't know man i i know you don't see the whole situation you don't know you don't know who was provoked you don't know what I, the video doesn't necessarily show it but again I also heard something else interesting. So I was, uh, I, well, I've heard a few people say it. So I was actually, I wanted to reach out to someone. So I have a buddy that I haven't seen him in years, but I kind of, uh, every once in a while I'll send him a message, uh, just kind of catch up. He lives in San Diego. Uh, but he was, he's a Marine and he was my first roommate when I first moved out of my parents' house at 18. Uh, crazy fucking guy, crazy motherfucker. <laughs> um, Became a sniper in the Marines. Really good at his job. You know, tested really high. I mean, he was, he was like American Sniper. Uh, what's that? Chris Kyle. I mean, right. he's that guy. He's a, he's a maniac, but he's that guy. But I was, I was messaging with him, and I, I was trying – He you know, he has four kids now, and you know, he, doesn't, he doesn't have the same amount of free time that I do to just have a text conversation or Twitter conversation. But um, I asked him. I was like, you know – you know, I got to ask, I asked you back in 2014, what do you make of what's going on? And his simple response was cops need to be trained like Marines. He's like, they need to go through the same rigorous training that Marines do because Marines know when to shoot and when not to shoot. And he goes, all of, all of the things that are going on now uh, prove otherwise is that cops don't know when to shoot and don't know when not to shoot. They just don't know, period. He's like, if they went through the same training that a Marine did, they would have a better idea of when to shoot and when not to shoot and when to apply force and when not to apply force and when their, their life is really in danger and when it's not in danger. Uh, my wife's dad was a Marine. He said the same thing. You know, he's, he was, he was in Iraq during desert storm. I mean, he goes, I was trained to know when to pull the trigger and when not to pull the trigger because we had to. And he goes, if I pulled the trigger at the wrong time, I go to jail. Right. And these, and these aren't my own civilians that I'm killing. These are, enemies and i'm using air quotes these are enemies even though there could be the wife or the child of whoever it might be a soldier or a terrorist he goes 
I still go to jail. These people are considered our enemies and I get arrested. How, how, how does it not, how is it not applied the same way to our police who are killing our own civilians in the streets? You know, and that makes so much sense to me. And, and I really like enjoy hearing that from people who have been there before and have to go through that trauma and have to go through that high stress situation of knowing when to kill and when not to kill. Right. Again, I trust their judgment more than half of the politicians or anything that the media are, are, are speaking out on right. or, or saying about this. You know, it's like I said, I trust an MMA fighter to tell me when someone's being choked and not being choked <laughs> over some fat, no-necked mayor in Mississippi right. who just felt like he had to make a statement. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. And, and I mean, that that was my friend's, my buddy's response. He goes, they need to be trained like Marines, period. And I was like, okay, well, fair enough. That makes sense, I guess. I didn't want to go too far because he does scare me sometimes. I feel like he's <laughs> watching me in my sleep still. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, we, yeah. I mean, if, if you have, you know, if you, if you have a force of police who, I mean, just what you were saying, as far as you need to know when to pull the trigger, when to not pull the trigger, when to even have a gun out, when to, when to show force, you know, it's it just the fact that police don't know that or that the training isn't that significant to make them have that it is mind blowing. With how many cops we have across the, the U.S. and for training not to be that rigorous. I mean, n- not to say it's not rigorous because I, I, I've never been through a military or a uh, police academy. I can't say one way or the other, but we do. I mean, we know from several instances either that the training isn't there or the training was thrown out the window because of certain scenarios. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think with some people, the training is clearly not there. And also we're giving badges to sociopaths. That's, That's the other issue. Right. We're giving badges to bullies, sociopaths, uh, murderers, power hungry uh, people. And and there's no way. And, and a lot of them are really good at, at, at disguising that until the wrong that 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 one moment finally hits when they when they screw up. You know, there's no way to know that until then. that that kid that. um that Tamir Rice kid that got killed in Cleveland, I think it was it was right around the same time as Michael Brown. This kid was 12 years old or whatever. You know, that cop that shot him, I mean, upon sight, you know, there was no hesitation. Did, shot, dead. That guy had failed psych evaluations, had, had already had a couple of instances where he shot when he wasn't supposed to, got moved from one department to another because he failed all these things. Like, why are we still giving that guy a badge? Right. You know, why does he still have a badge? Now again, it's a, is it a cover up? Is someone is putting is someone else putting their neck out on the line to keep this, the, for this guy to keep his badge and earn a paycheck? And that's the other thing that my was said to me was like, look, if they go through the same training as Marines and they pass the same training as Marines and get through that training, now we're talking about a completely different thing. We're not talking about militarized police. We're talking about highly trained people who deserved to be compensated for their training. Right. Right. Now we're talking. Now we're opening up a whole different can of worms. Well, then do cops need to be paid more? I think the obvious answer to that is probably yes. Now, people would argue that because of what's going on. But look, they still have a dangerous job. Right. They still have a high stress job that not a lot of people want to do. So. They should be fairly compensated, but there has to be that middle ground where we where we determine is the training worth the compensation or just the idea of having a badge. You know, right. that's kind of what they were saying to me. So it was a really interesting point. I thought it was, I thought it was 
again, I, I trust their judgment over my own and over, you know, other people that are speaking out on the matter, thinking that they know better than, than we do. Well, the crazy thing is too, you know, thinking about people being power hungry and stuff like that, compare what we're talking about. We're talking about people who pulled the trigger when they shouldn't have pulled the trigger, something like that. That's a lot easier to do than the situation that these that happened that these protests are coming off of. This is a guy who stuck his knee on somebody's throat yeah. until they died. That's not, I mean, that is so far from accidentally pulling a trigger or pulling a trigger when you shouldn't have. This is, I mean, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't care what your boy from trap says about fentanyl either. That, yeah, that was ridiculous. Wasn't it? That guy, I, I he doesn't even deserve what an idiot. I, you know, again, I, I, like I said to you when you sent me that and we don't need to get into it and explain who he is anymore. We've talked about that guy <laughs> so much, but you know, he, he looked at the autopsy report that the, the, M, the medical examiner's autopsy report that stated that he, he had fentanyl in his system. And then of course that guy went to his right wing talking points and sort of used that as an excuse to, you know, show some leniency toward that cop for having his knee on his neck for multiple minutes. Have you ever been choked out? No. No? Has anyone ever attempted to choke you out? Have you ever been in that? You've never, so. No. Did you ever play the game when you were a kid where you would take a deep breath and then someone would put their hands around your throat and you would like pass out and it was almost like a high? Right. Because you felt like, so you've done that. Yeah. How long did that take to do that to you? Not very long. Exactly. What, 15 seconds at the most? Right. I mean, when, when I, I remember doing that when I was a kid. And I, I mean, I literally took a deep breath in. It was three, two, one, boom, you know, and I was done. And then I woke up and I looked around. And I go, what the fuck happened, guys? Like, they're like, what? You don't remember anything? I'm like, no. <laughs> they're like, dude, that was 10 seconds ago. I'm like, I don't remember anything. So look, 10 seconds versus what, five, six? I, I, I know the, the debate is on about how many minutes it was. I think the most I've heard is nine. But guess what? If it's one minute, it's too fucking. If it's 30 seconds, it's too long. Oh, wait, no. Three seconds, it's too, it's too long. Because his knee shouldn't have been there anyway. And also that, and I don't know if this is true, but I did read that their training tells them to put their knee on their back. Especially if they're handcuffed. Because all of their leverage, all of their weight is on their back. That guy's not moving if he's in handcuffs. You know? Yeah. If you're, if you're applying the same amount of weight and pressure to someone's back, it's actually more efficient than putting it on their neck because with their neck, they're able to maneuver their body more, right? like they're able to roll. They're able to roll out of it. Whereas if you're on their back, they're not able to roll out of that. I don't know. It's, it's all bizarre, man. But also um, we have three other cops that were holding him down, right? I think it was two. Was it two or three? Two? Well, either okay. way, it could have been, it could have been a, a, a three-year-old sitting on his legs and that would still upset me. Yeah. So, I mean, right. um, yeah, I, I don't um, I don't know what the answers are, but, you know, this again, I kind of said said on the last podcast, this isn't anything new, you know, and, and, and things and there have been equitable policies put into place because of protests and rioting and things like this happening. You know, the Civil Rights Act was put into place because of days after days after days after days of protesting. This was after Martin Luther King Jr. was shot. And this was all after all these things. So like, we could see that happen this time. I mean, how many days, are we, are we on day five? Right. 
I think it's day five of, of protests. And I mean, they're probably not going to end. I was really shocked and I haven't had a ton of time to look today because I've been busy, but um, sitting outside in the, in the hum- humidity waiting to get my driver, my, my license <laughs> plates. Um, yeah. That's how busy I was today. You know, they, they initiated a curfew last night in St. Louis. Right now. My prediction was that that was going to be worse because God knows we don't need to tell people that we're going to put more restrictions on you and take away more of your freedoms to just walk down the street. I haven't seen that much of that. It actually got worse. Have you? No. I, so luckily, I think it was. Well, 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 we'll see after tonight. Maybe we need to wait and wait another night because, you know, with, so you, with you, the, you meant you said because I had texted you and asked you about the curfew and if it affected you where you were at. And you said that it's mainly just for people who are a, a threat, basically how you put it, right? No, the curfew was for everyone, but I'm saying that's who the police are going to arrest or get off the streets. I gotcha. Yeah. And that's, again, me sort of conspiracy theory minded. But, you know, when you said it did it apply to me, what did you mean? Like where I live? Yeah. No, no, no. So this is St. Louis City. That's what, you know, basically, if you were downtown marching the streets after curfew, you were going to get arrested. Gotcha. And we drove through downtown on our way back last night, and I didn't see... A whole lot going on, but again, I didn't, I didn't take the time to check it out. I didn't get off the highway, so I don't know, man. Maybe we'll wait another night, and maybe this will either de-escalate or will escalate further. But I do know that, and it's also what I find interesting too is how worldwide the protests have become. You know, the 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 message and the and the 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 outrage and the frustration has just spread all over the place. And now maybe I'm ignorant, but I don't remember that back in 2014. Right. I don't. Do you? I mean, I don't I don't remember it being this widespread. No, I I'm trying to think. I, I don't I don't remember it. No. But I mean it's a good thing. Oh, that, it's great. That, I mean, that well, it's yeah. this widespread. It's also great that those other countries aren't going stupid Americans. Yeah. Don't, they're at it again. They're at it again. Well, that, that may be in the back of their minds. <laughs> Some of them, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of one of the best things is when you go overseas and they they just they lock eyes with you and you know what they're thinking. It's <laughs> fucking American. It's American shithead. Um, it's fun. I've experienced it a couple of times. It's great. But yeah, we'll we'll have to see. But at least we got. Uh, we got more to look forward to this weekend other than protests. We got UFC 250. That's true. Are you excited? Are you you going to watch? You got you to uh, ma- use those hard, you got to spend those hard earned dollars now. This isn't a free one anymore. I We're know, not talking sucks, free anymore. Right? It sucks. Uncle Dana's like, I need some money from you, Colt. What are you going to do? I don't know yet. We're going to see. It's a loaded card. We're going to see how my week goes. I want, I want to. Um, How, in your opinion, whether you you can give an actual opinion or not. How long do you think it's going to be before they'll actually do, they'll actually be fans in the seats again? It's hard to say. You think it'll be through the end of the year? It'll be. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to say. I I think they're going to, I think what they're going to do is see how, what progression all of the other major sports organizations have. I saw a story today that there probably won't be baseball. Really? The commissioner and the, the commissioner and the players association, associate association. Wow. Whew. 
um, can't really come to an agreement on the shortened season, on the pay and all that that stuff. Uh, it looks like a shit show. I'm actually waiting to see because the story that I read, it was an initial report. So there was supposed to be some sort of meeting happening today to discuss it further with the players, uh, the players association and uh, uh, Manfred. But um, yeah, I think the UFC is going to wait and see if, if I, if I had to guess now from me being a selfish, spoiled fan, I don't mind that there aren't fans there. I just want to watch. Right. It really doesn't bother me when I'm watching. I just, I just um, really wonder how much it affects the fights because you know that some fighters yeah. th- fight better having a crowd. Some don't fight as good having a crowd. I just want, I, yeah, well, it, not that we're ever going to know now, but it still, uh, yeah, it makes me curious. Yeah, no, I agree. I, it, I'm curious about it as well. I think in some of the fights we've seen, it clearly had some sort of an impact on some of the fighters. And then I think a guy like Gaethje, it helped to be honest because he's one of those guys that when he gets crazy, he gets crazy. And his coach even had to tell him like, Hey man, let's take a little bit off of your punches. You're getting a little too crazy. You're getting a little too wild. Right. A lot of that comes from the fan energy, right? You connect, you feel it, you know, you rocked that guy. The fans feel it. You know, you go balls to the wall. You know, when you are doing it in front of no fans, there's not that fan reaction. Right. You got the three guys, calling the fight and that's it so i you know i think it does i I think it does have an impact but again it doesn't bother me i wonder i wonder how much of an impact for some fighters it is being able to because you you can hear things a lot more clearly from your coach as well versus you probably miss a lot of things or can't hear things as well when you're trying to fight somebody and listen to your coach tell you to do this and do that and then you have you know a crap load of people in the stands that are cheering and hollering and everything else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, you know what? And it's going to be, we haven't had, and I'm trying to think if we had a high profile women's fight on one of these cards that didn't have fans and by high profile, I mean profile, I mean two highly ranked women. So this UFC 250, I mean, the headliner, we should probably mention it is, Amanda Nunes is defending her featherweight title against Felicia Spencer. Yeah, I mean, it's her first pro- defense of the featherweight title too. Probably the the biggest fight we've had was uh, Joanna's last fight, right? As far as pro- high profile women's fight. Yeah, well, yeah, and there were fans. Uh, yeah, that's all. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't think we've had one since we haven't had any fans. Yeah, I mean, like Shikagian fought on the last card against Shevchenko's sister. Oh, that's right. Claudia Gadeas fought. Um, and, you know, but nothing like this. I mean, Amanda Nunes is the GOAT. I mean, she's the greatest women's MMA fighter of all time. Um, she's defending that belt for the first time. Uh, Felicia Spencer looked good in her last fight. And I'm, I actually am really impressed that she went uh, all three rounds with Cyborg. And she got she got beat up by cyborg and she just did not stop moving forward. So she's clearly got some heart. I don't know if she's ever been hit by anyone like Nunes though. Do you, do you think there's an upset there? Do you think there's potential or do you think Nunes runs over? I, hard to call. yeah, I, I think she is going to be like a Rousey in the fact that she's going to, she's just going to run over people until somebody just pops up and wins somehow. <clears throat> If that makes if that makes any sense, like no, I I mean I don't know about you, I did not expect Holly Holm to beat Ronda Rousey when it happened. 
Um, I kind of did. I kind of did. In the way that she did it? Or more, the, well, or more I, boxing? Well, I thought if she was going to win, it was going to be because of her striking. Right. And Ronda was clearly, I mean, she was on a different level than Ronda. Ronda did not, she didn't have an answer for it. I think with Nunez, it's going to be, it's going to be someone who can match all the things that she does well. You know, when, in her last fight against Durandamy, she took Durandamy down, uh, Jermaine Durandamy down a lot because Durandamy is actually a dangerous striker and could actually stand and strike with Nunez. Now, not, not as powerful, but she puts, combinations uh better uh together better she's a world-class kickboxer so right Nunez had already beaten her once standing so she's like you know what I'm, I'm not going to take my chances I'm going to take this fight to the ground so I thought I thought that was really interesting but I also think it didn't help her what do you think about Durandamy doing everything she possibly could to not fight Cyborg and but but then fighting Nunez yeah right I mean that's Maybe it's because she fought her before. I mean, I that's so bizarre to me. Yeah. But at the time, Cyborg was like, you know, Godzilla. Like that's you, true. you wanted no you wanted no part of her. Right. And I think Nunez exposed her. I think Nunez said, Hey, she's human. She can be beat. And oh, by the way, I'm the hardest hitting woman on the planet. You should be scared <laughs> of me. Right. Um, but no one's been scared of her, man. Like Felicia Spencer wanted that fight. She's like, I want it. Let, let's do it. So good for a Good for Felicia Spencer, man. But that whole card, the the whole card, and not just the main card, the prelims, everything. It's a loaded card, man. I'm excited for it. I will be Uncle Dana will be getting my money. <laughs> he usually he usually does. But um, I mean, just looking at the rest of the cards, so the, the co main is uh Rafael Sunsal versus Cody Garbrandt. It's Cody Garbrandt coming back after losing three straight fights by KO. Man, what happened? What happens if a fourth happens. Do we see oh, Cody go away? He's in trouble, man. If, they, if he loses a fourth time by KO or TKO. Um, the sad thing is he's still only like 27 years old. But, but he's had some horrific knockouts. I would say the worst one was his last one. The ones against TJ, there, there were wild exchanges. He, had, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't striking to defend. I mean, his chin was up in the air, and there were wild exchanges, and he got clipped. A Sun Sal, he was doing the same thing, but it was at a higher rate, and it was after he had already been sort of rocked. Where TJ, you kind of knew when TJ clipped him in both fights, it was over. It was only a matter of time. Cody tried his best to hang in there. But with with uh, Pedro Munoz, he didn't hurt. He hit him and hurt him. And there's a difference between getting hurt and getting clipped. You get yeah. clipped, you might be able to recover. Instead, he was hurt. Right. And then still trying to recover the same way as when he was fighting Dillashaw. And I think it, it just was a, a recipe for disaster. But you got to remember, he did that after he hurt Munoz. And then he got careless and he got wild. Yeah. And that's how he fights. So I'm wondering if he's changed his entire game plan. You know what's funny is how you just distinguished the difference between getting clipped and getting hurt. And now that I think back to how Joe Rogan calls fights... And when he actually yells, oh, he's hurt, or oh, he got clipped, like he's not distinguishing what the difference is there, but it's interesting that you just did, and now I'm going to think about that when I hear him call fights. Because I'm sure to him well, it's I the think, same way. Yeah, well, uh, the way that I distinguish is how the fighter reacts. Yeah. You know, I think last weekend Tyron Woodley got clipped twice. Was he hurt? Slightly, but I don't think he was hurt. Yeah. Hurt. 
I don't think he was out. Maybe it's the same thing. Maybe I'm maybe I should learn a lesson from Joe Rogan. But that's that's well, I just distinguish it by the fighter's body language and everything like that. You know, when 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 Munoz hit him, it was a whole nother it was a whole nother thing. Um, I considered him to be hurt in a way where not only did he get clipped, but he's hurt. And now he's going to have to fight through it. Whereas TJ, it was just a TJ's too good at striking or you just knew. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe I was looking at who the other fighter was too, but yeah. um, I don't know. Maybe I'm not making any sense. But e- either way, I'm excited for that fight. Yeah, if Garbrandt loses again by TKO or KO, that's that's going to be rough on him, man. But he's. I saw an article earlier that he seems to be refocused. I'm wondering if he went to a new camp. I don't know if he's still with um, Alpha Male and training with those guys, but he clearly needs to learn defense. Um, he just does not defend himself well when he gets in those exchanges. Right. He's got great boxing. Clearly he's got power, but, but, um, yeah, the, I mean, the, the fight game's crazy in that way though, because I mean, I know like you're saying he needs to learn defense in, in the, in those kind of situations, but a lot of what a fighter has is just, uh, like muscle memory. Basically you get in a situation and your, you know, your arms and your legs, your body does you've done it so many thousands and thousands of times that your body just automatically reacts to it. So that's where the de- the defense comes in is that, you know, every, all these different scenarios need to be thrown at you for your body yeah. to get used to it and know without you even having to think about it, just know what to do in this situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dillashaw and his team exposed that, you know, he drops his left hand, which makes him open, leaves him open for that right hook. You know, when he's in those exchanges, he always drops his left hand. Um, and they and that's exactly how TJ finished him both times was with the right hook or a right cross or it was the right hand. So and I know I heard Joe Rogan talk about it. I heard I don't remember who he was talking to. I think he's basically said he needs to get he needs to get new coaching that sort of teaches him this defense or lets him know that he can't get in these exchanges. You know, at least the team that can reel him in and not get so crazy. But um yeah, I I think he's um I think he's in trouble if he loses by KO again. Now, if he loses a uh, you know close decision, which could happen against the Sun Sao because the Sun Sao is well rounded, and I would imagine that at some point he'll try to get the fight to the ground because that's that's his bread and butter. But um, but this is also a good a good fight or a good card, I should say, for bantamweight. So right below that, you got Aljamain Sterling um, Aljamain Sterling versus Corey Sanhagen. I would imagine that the winner of that fight will fight. For the title, can you believe who's fighting? Can you believe they gave Aldo another title shot? God, why? I don't know. That uh, that'll be a good fight, though. Him and Jan will be a good fight, and it's gonna be a good fight. I mean, I'll give you that, and I'll give you the fact that Aldo is a legend, but it's still, I I, I don't know. I is it selling? Do do you think it's bringing in more buys to watch Aldo fight? I would say I would say Aldo generates a little bit more interest now than Sterling or Sanhagen would. Okay, I'll give you that. But if Sterling or Sanhagen win this fight on Saturday in, in spectacular fashion, now we're talking. Now now we're talking about, all right, we have a who's who of bantamweights. Let's separate who's the best. Right? You know, let's separate the, the champ from the rest of the pack. This, you see Marlon Moraes called out Dominic Cruz. He's the number one contender right now, Moraes. So if I'm Marais, I go, no, I probably want the winner of Sterling and Sanhagen, right? He called out, I, 
I, I don't get the logic behind it. I guess it's because he's a legend. I think I saw that in the in the, the headline, but I thought that was a weird call out. I don't know. Do you consider Cruz a legend at this point? Yeah, man. You give him legend status. Yeah. I'm a huge yeah. fan of Cruz, and I I would I think I would I feel the same. But I, I was I was curious about that because we don't know how many fights he's got left in him. Yeah, well, I mean, his his career has been riddled with injuries, so I think that's taken a large it's taken a large chunk out of what out of what have could have been um, the injuries. Right. Yeah, I would call him legend, but yeah, if that fight, if, well, look, man, I mean. It, what do you do? So, like, I I imagine that Sterling, the winner of Sterling and Sanhagen, fight the winner of Jan and Aldo. But what if Cruz beats Marais, who's the number one contender? Right. He's back. He's, right, still, he's hey, right back in this. In where he, I want another shot. You know what I mean? He's like, I want another shot. I, huh. That that also there, hard. there can be some interesting fights in that whole shebang. Yeah. Well, keep in mind, also on the on the main card. Sugar Sean's fighting. Sugar Sean yeah. O'Malley's fighting Eddie Wineland. Yeah. Now, Eddie Wineland's far from a ranked fighter and far from the fighter who once fought for a title, but that's still a huge win for Sean O'Malley if he can pull it off. So if I'm Sean O'Malley, I'm going, hmm, where am I in the title mix now? Because right. he's obviously a fan favorite. The fans love him. So that's just, it's, it's going to be, it's a good card for Bantamweights. And then also on the card, Neil Magny's coming back. He's fighting Anthony Rocco Martin. I'm a huge Neil Magny fan. I'm I'm excited for him to be back. And he's he, uh, he like I said uh, off air. I think he it hasn't been. It was two UFCs ago that he fought. It was in March. He fought in March. So I mean that's. And he, I mean, well, look. I mean, at the end of the day, he fought in March, but it went all three rounds. It was a hard fought fight. He won it by decision. I guess it's a little bit soon for him to be back, but that's been his thing, dude. Yeah. That's why I'm a fan of him. He'll right. He fought six times in a year once, you right. know, and then the previous two years before that, he fought four times and five times and then six times and then four times. Like the dude just continues to fight. I, I mean, he, if you don't know who he is, you need to know who he is. Go back and watch some of his, some of his fights and understand that in that fight you just saw, he fought six weeks ago. Right. Right. And then six weeks before that, he fought six <laughs> weeks ago. Like the, dude, the dude's a badass, man. I mean, he's had some tough losses. You know, when he gets to that upper upper tier of of competition, he seems to fall short. Like he, the Ponzinibbio fight was hard to watch, man, because he just he didn't. He, something happened to his leg, and then I think he got poked in the eye, and he just got he got murked. Um, RDA chewed him apart uh, with leg kicks, and then submitted him. I if I remember, and Damian Damian Maya submitted him. But that was when he was on that run where I think he fought four times in six months or whatever it was. So um, I'm a fan. So, yeah. And then in your prelim card, your 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 best friend, Chase Hooper, is fighting as the <laughs> as the as the featured prelim fight. Ben Askren's boy. It's his son. son. He's fighting uh, Alex Caceres, Bruce Leroy. So that'll be. Uh, I'm interested to see how that goes. That's a huge step up in competition for Chase Hooper. Kid's only 19. Um I thought in his last fight, which was uh, the Usman uh, Covington pay per view, yeah, his he does not have striking defense, man. His chin was way up in the air, and he was getting tagged. But I don't remember the guy he fought. I don't remember the name of the guy he fought. Um, I don't remember who it was, but uh, it's interesting. We'll just say that. Um, and then there were a lot of like entertaining fighters, like Cody uh, 
Cody Stamen's on the card. Ryan Kelleher's on the card. Ian Heinish is on the card. Charles Bird's on the like all these guys just go for broke when they fight because they know that next payday might not be there, right? right? So they know they get they got they all of these guys go for win bonuses and and you know it's um, Alonzo Menenfield like that guy Devin Clark like all these guys. Um, so Uncle Dana, you get my money, you bastard, you did it to me. Speak well. Speaking of money and speaking, we talked about Tyron Woodley for a minute earlier. You know, you had sent me a text the other day saying that Tyron Woodley only made two hundred grand off of his off of that last fight. Yeah. yeah, and that's for losing. And that if he would have won, he would have taken home three fifty. Yeah. But you also have who was the guy you also you were telling me that only has five fights in the UFC and he brought home a hundred. Augusto Sakai. So you got fifty grand. Uh, I think he got 50 and 50. Let me, let me, before I, yeah, no, he got, he got 50 and 50, he got 50 grand and then 50 for the win. So, but again, let me, let me make sure that my numbers are right as far as how many fights he's had in the UFC. But when you look at that, okay, you got your former welterweight champion. He defended the belt four times. He's got dozens of fights in the UFC. Fought in strike force. He's one of the most successful welterweights of all time. The fact that he's only getting a hundred grand more than a guy who's barely gotten his feet wet in the UFC is preposterous to me. Now, maybe this doesn't bother some people, but it annoys the shit out of me. And this isn't a bias because I'm a Woodley fan. I would say this about any former champ, any right. high profile fighter like that. Right. If I found out that Cowboy only got 200 grand for his fight with Connor and then like someone else who's only fought in the UFC three or four times, got a hundred grand, I would lose my mind. Um, do, do you have any clue how they set the, the purses for fights? I do, I'm not going to pretend like I know, I know it's in a contract where you get a set amount. And then if you win, you get that, that amount again, you know, it's like 60 and 60 or 50 and 50 or 40 and 40 or 30 and 30. Like I saw that some of the people on the card, their, their purse was 30 grand. And then because they won, they got an extra 30 grand. Gotcha. Um, you know, a guy like, um, well, I saw that um, I was going to use Mackenzie Dern as the example because she got a shit ton of money, but it was because she got a win bonus too, like an actual bonus. Um, it wasn't a part of her, her split or her purse. So Gusto Sakai has had, if you count Dana White's contender series, five fights in the UFC. If you don't count, then four fights in the UFC. So, I mean, so that, that that that's that, I, there, there's a huge discrepancy there, man. I'm sorry that that bugs me, but and I think the fighters need a union for real. I think Wait. there needs to be a union formed, and there need they need to fight for for better pay. Yeah, uh, I don't know that that's the whole pay thing is crazy. I don't know. I don't know if I think the union would help. It would help a ton. I, I will say this though, and and guys get more money because of the resume that they've built. Now, I do know that Augusto Sakai did fight in Bellator as well, and he did fight some higher profile Bellator guys like um, Czech Congo. So, and because he's already fought Andre Arlovsky, Marcin Tybura, uh, I I guess there 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 is a reasoning behind him getting slightly more money than another heavyweight outside of the top 15. I get it, but I don't know, man. You got your former champion. It's just, it doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't. 
And maybe I need to do some more research into the contracts, but it just does not make sense to me. Well, to look at it this way too, you know, when it, when it comes to, we say Tyron Woodley made $200,000 and that might sound like a lot of money, but when you think about over a year and most people, the max fight twice a year, right? you know, and then you pay your camp and you pay your coaches and all this other stuff, you know, you're not really for a fighter. You're not bringing home that much. Because yeah, I mean, he's definitely not walking away with two hundred grand, right? You know, he's he's having to give up some of that, which I mean is great for these you know these fighters who are willing to fight five six times a year, but they're not. Um, I mean, I like say say Cowboy fights five times in a year. Do you think he's? Do you think that's beneficial for him money wise? Do you think he just does it because he wants to fight, or do you think that he that the money? is an advantage for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, okay. So say you fight five times in a year and they're a little bit lower profile fights. So you're probably not going to make as much money in those fights. Or you have a fight like with Connor, which probably pays your entire year of all those other five fights. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I think with, when it, when it comes to that question, I think Cowboy is an outlier because he has endorsements and sponsorships and he's doing commercials and stuff like that. So I don't think that question necessarily applies to him. Do I think he wants to just fight? Absolutely. Do I think he's doing it for the money? Maybe, but I don't think necessarily he is because of all the other things that he's got going for him. You know, and, and that goes for any fighter who's in the position of, you know, Tyron Woodley. He's got other shit going for him. Right. Uh, he's got a career in entertainment. Okay. Well, uh, what about a Neil Magny? Fuck, man. I don't know. Who should he, he should say, he he should be in the conversation more, but he's not, and before long he probably will be. Neil Magny does not have near the opportunities that a cowboy or Tyron. Right, does. That, that's my point. Is it beneficial uh, for him to fight five times a year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he's doing it solely for the money, absolutely, he's got to. Yeah, he's got to. Which is a, again, that's a bummer. I feel for these guys, man. But you know, they've they've <laughs> it's they should be they should be paid better. Plain and simple. I, I, I you know. For them to go out there and entertain and uh, do what they do, and and you know, it's a competition, but they're also they're in a fight. You know, it's different, man. It's just different. It's just different on every level. I know football is violent. I know hockey is violent, but this is just different, man. It's just a it's just a different thing, and I think that's why people like it so much. So I think the fighters should get paid better. Yeah. You know, but. Before we get to, you know, I, so I think all in all, I'm excited for UFC 250. I think there's a lot to be gained for a lot of the fighters on the card. And I think there's a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of reasons that people should watch. So if you haven't yet, go out and purchase that, that pay-per-view. Right. The only thing that's got to get a stake. The only thing that worries me is that I don't think we've talked about this on previous shows. I don't think Amanda Nunes gets the credibility that she should. I don't think that she gets the promotion that she should. Yeah. And I can't say that it surprises me that they're letting her headline an actual UFC card, but I think that there should be more around it. There should be more conversation around it. More people, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I honestly feel like there's going to be less buys of it because she is headlining, but that should not be the way it is. Yeah, she hasn't she hasn't received that world tour that she deserves. And I don't think she's going to at this point. I mean, she's a double champ. What more do you need? Right. I think there's a language barrier thing that has something to do with it. I think there's a looks thing that has something to do with it. 
I think it's her sexual orientation that has something to do with it. I just think the UFC, for those reasons combined and other reasons that I probably don't know about, does not or finds her to be sort of a. Uh, not what they really want the face to be. Well, when it comes as far when it, yeah, when it comes to being marketable, I just think they find her to be a liability. That's that's just what I think. Um, and it sucks because I'm a fan and I think she deserves she deserves better and deserves more. But, you know, uh, I don't think she has much left to prove. Right. At this point, either. I think if she defends this featherweight belt, now she has title defense for it. Four or five title defenses at bantamweight, a title defense at featherweight. I don't know. What more does she have to prove? What more does she do? What more should she who, do? Who, I who should she fight? Maybe a third fight with Valentina. That's it. That, yeah, that would then be. Then you're looking at doing third fights with people. I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, Wait, I know, how? I know. But I'm saying that when you're asking the question, what, who should she fight next? And that is a third fight with somebody. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, who do you feed her? Kind of situation. Yeah. Well, I, look, if she wins on Saturday. The only logical fight in my mind for her to take next would be a third fight with Valentina. I don't see anyone else posing a threat. If that happens and she wins, what happens? Should she just walk away? Yeah. She could walk away now. She could have walked away before she fought Jermaine Durandamy for the second time. Honestly. After she beat Cyborg, see ya. I'm out. Right. I go sit on a boat with my wife and chill. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's just, I don't know. I just, before we wrap this up, I was thinking about something. It's too bad that it's too bad that music festivals and concerts are being canceled right now or that we can't have them because I was just thinking about all the big festivals we've had because uh, to benefit something like Live Aid and all these things. Like, where is our police brutality festival? You know? Yeah. I was, I was thinking about it, though. Like, if you if, if you're the promoter, you get to put together a, a festival all the money goes to uh, the pro- all the proceeds go to organizations that are fighting against rallying against police brutality and whatever we can do to fight against it. Right. Who would you put on it? Just top of your head. Like who, who would you book? And I know, remember this, we're talking big festival. We're talking like live aid, like hundreds of thousands of people. Do you have something like one person in mind that you're like, this should be, this is it. I mean, I have a couple. Yeah. That I would definitely say, Let's put them on there. I don't know. I'm just thinking that 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 kind of a festival could go south fast oh, with dude, all see, why the division. So negative. Why because are you ruining my dreams of putting on the best festival of all time? Because of the division no, of the be people. The because of the division what? of the people. Well, there shouldn't be division. That's the there whole shouldn't, point. There shouldn't I've been be. But... the last few podcasts. No, my festival there will there will be no division. Maybe at your crazy racist festival there will be division. <laughs> but you're, you're taking this to a weird place, man. I was trying to be positive. Okay, well, who's headlining your festival then? Well, I, I mean, Rage Against the Machine's got to be a headliner, right? I mean, Run the Jewels has to be on it because of Killer Mike and LP, right? Okay. Can you uh, can you get Public Enemy back together? Because that would be great. <laughs> So you're ju- you're just uh, you're just putting bands together or no, back together back together that were against no government basically not necessarily but it helps but it helps <laughs> <laughs> um, who uh, like oh, okay so like, yeah rage against the machine run the jewels public enemy uh why not get Lincoln Park on it have someone just for one night 
replace Chester. I just wanna, one night. I don't want to see that. I would for this purpose. I wouldn't. I, I don't would care. And you are just crushing my dreams of putting on the best music festival in the history of music. You just. Why do you have to do this to me? Because the Lincoln Park one hit me. I I, I don't want to. I don't know that I want to see Lincoln Park do anything with anybody else. By the way, I, I got a shout out to my boy Al Coretta. He corrected me Uh-oh. on our last podcast. You brought up when Lincoln Park played with Chris Cornell, uh-huh. and you were trying to think of the name of the festival. Uh-huh. I said Sounds of the Underground. He sent me a text. He goes, actually, it's Project Revolution. New That's translation it. opened it. Yep. So I was like, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. I, I thanked him. I thanked him for correcting me because I honestly could not fucking remember. Yeah. But I do now that he said it. I do remember watching video of his band opening it. Uh, so shout out to you, Al Coretta, if you're listening to this episode. Um, you actually no bands you would want to put on that. You serious? You can't think of anyone. Here's a big one. Here's a big one. Right. You too. You too would be a, a go to for something like that. Now I'm trying to keep it younger, a little more, a little more, a little more flavor, but that's fine. Uh, Young, my I- younger. What do you mean you're trying to keep it younger? What do you mean? What do you mean you're trying to keep it younger? I've only named four people, but you haven't even let me get to the young ones yet. I was going to say, because you have not named anybody young yet. Oh, Run the Jewels has a very young fan base. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, God, you screwed me all up, man. You're a dream crusher. Who's your young, Who's the younger ones you want to throw on there? I don't know, man. I forget now. Thanks a lot. Oh, whatever. Um, I don't know. Let's think of some. Well, I, I guess the question would be is, do you want, you probably want a mix of everything, right? I honestly don't know. Do you know of any like political bands off the top of your head? I, I can't. Like newer ones? Not, not yeah. really. But Kanye, you want to throw Kanye on there? Kanye's not playing my festival. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Sorry, bro. You're not going to wear, you're not going to put him on there and then wear your Yeezys? Nope. It's not happening. Sorry, Kanye. um hold on hold on or you could just do profits of rage so that a combination of public enemy newer how dare you how dare you are you (laughs) hating on you're not seriously hating on rage against the machine there is no hate here i'm hating on you for saying that this is newer stuff or saying that it's not newer that's no no that's not I, i would have to get pussy riot as well that's got to happen. Hold on, I got to find some. You're killing me. <laughs> Fucking just a just a buzzkill. Sorry. You don't have any bands you would if you put together a festival today and police brutality is your cause, you don't have any bands automatic rise against. How about that? That would work. That's a good one, right? Yeah. You don't have any though. You would probably say what? Trapped <laughs> Benjamin Puddle of Mud for sure. Puddle of Mud, Cedar. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Stone sour. <laughs> no, I'm trying I'm trying to think of newer bands that you know have that division or have that uh kind of like what Rise Against has to where you know it's like a not necessarily screw the government but talks about political issues and things like that. But I don't know like today like people that are relevant today I don't know well, what about bands you think would just put on a good show and would 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 help fill out the festival and make it one of the best things you've ever been to? Hmm. What about against me? 
That would be a good one. I don't know who that is. Jesus, age. Dude, we got to do something about this. There's a lot, a lot. So a lot of punk bands, a lot of metal bands that are kind of obvious, like anti-flag. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you know, we could you could do a mix of those punk bands, and I know that Travis Barker would want to get involved. You know, I know he's he's been he's been wanting to speak out on stuff like this. So put him with anyone at this point. Uh, the guy we just talked about recently, Machine Gun Kelly, would probably want to get in get in on the action for sure. If Mac Miller were still alive, I would definitely put him on my festival. I don't know about you. You really have no bands that you'd want to put on this. I, I if if I could if I had Google search engine in front of me, I could probably give you some. But just put me on the spot here. I don't know. Okay. What about some of your? I mean, you could put uh, you could put Aesop on it, right? Yeah. I didn't think about that. You like him? Mm-hmm. Use your brain, dude. Do you do you like music? Could you see could you see Aesop <laughs> on a bill like that? No. I mean uh side stage, like the pop stage, of course. But <laughs> <laughs> everyone goes, Who's that was, this guy? That was such a knock at Aesop you just did. I'm a huge Aesop fan. I know, and you just put him on the pop stage. He can play the pop stage, and believe me, he won't have any—he won't have any problem with that. Well, you know, dude—he didn't have to do a battle missing, to get there, did he? We're missing the obvious, two of the most obvious ones, I would say. One, I one of the obvious ones, Eminem. Yeah. Eminem and Jay Z would be two of the most obvious. Well, you went the Kanye route, but I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stop you there. But Eminem or Jay Z? So why you're, not? you're gonna put Eminem in uh, MGK on the same bill? Yep, I'm doing it. Oh man, I'll give a fuck. here we go. I don't give. <laughs> and I hope they both do the diss songs because I like shit like that. Um, I don't know. I'm going to come up with a list and I'm just going to give it to you on the next show. And you're just going to have to deal with it because if you want to get in on my 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 dream festival, you're just going to have to shut your mouth. Okay. I can, can you believe I you're can, crushing my dreams. I can like give this? you a list. How have I crushed anything? Because, man, you were so negative to start and talking about the vision and don't like my my picks to play. Um, I would I would definitely try to get at the drive-in back together for it. I know that would be my. I would also try to get uh, Alexis on fire back together for it. I'm coming up with a list, and then I'm. T- you probably don't know who I'm talking about, do you? No. Son of a bitch. Sorry. That's a good. That's a good spot to end the show, man. You have just really exhausted me in the last five minutes. You're welcome. I, I think I don't understand how. Uh, you know you can't. You, thinking, you know you can't have. I wasn't a, thinking. You can't have a podcast where both of our views and everything line up with each other and we don't question anything i was really hoping that for this festival they would and you would just go along <laughs> with everything except. or whatever then i wouldn't be me all right so can you before we go can you tell everyone what kind of email you have you don't have to give them Jesus your email Christ, address why? but just tell them because i'm gonna i'm gonna take i'm gonna i'm gonna put a poll out on twitter and i'm gonna tell you but tell them what kind of email you have why are you your personal email because it's Hotmail? It still works, and it's an email. <laughs> Doesn't it feel weird to even say that? A little bit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I do, when people ask for my email, I do expect a, an interesting look. Like, really? Yeah, I, I went, what are you, a terrorist? But why does it matter? I guess it doesn't, man. Why should I set up a new email? Do you have Hotmail on your phone? So do you access your email from your phone? Well, it's Outlook. 
because I think they merged or I look bought or whatever, how that works. I don't know how that works. I rest my case. But it's still a Hotmail email. I'm going to take a poll on Twitter okay. and I'm going to let you know what I find out. Okay. Hotmail, Hotmail is for A, people that are still relevant, B, people that don't know how to use the internet, or C, terrorists. There's going to be an overwhelming number of votes for C. So let's just hope. <laughs> That's just that because it's Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm ready to make my chili. I'm making chili on the hottest day of the year so far. I'm such an It's a terrible idiot. idea. It just sounded good. It sounded good, man. It does sound good, actually. Go on, go on that keto chili, man. It's delicious. There you so. go. All right. Well, let's get to it. Holla. We are out.